There's some verses in one of the Psalms that I want to draw your attention to this evening for a little while. If you want to turn it up, it's Psalm 86. Is the particular Psalm that we want to uh, think upon for a little time. We're just going to read from verse 1 of the Psalm. It says, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. Attend to the voice of my supplications. Amen. We'll end there. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word to all of our hearts. It's verse 5 that I want to draw your thoughts toward. And just a particular phrase there in verse 5. You'll find there in that verse those three words, ready to forgive. Ready to forgive. And the psalmist here is speaking of the Lord. He's not speaking about his own uh, readiness to forgive. Rather, he's speaking about the Lord's readiness to forgive. It's a psalm of David. It is actually entitled as a prayer of David. And some of the psalms are not only songs to sing, but they're also prayers of the individual who wrote them. And here, David is rejoicing in the Lord. And he's rejoicing in a number of uh, characteristics, attributes of the Lord, we should call them. And one of those attributes that he is rejoicing in is here found in these three words. David is rejoicing that his God is a God who is ready to forgive. And it's that particular thought that I want to draw to your attention this evening, that we rejoice in a God who is ready to forgive. We rejoice in a God who forgives. The forgiveness of sins is a great blessing. In fact, we might say it is the chiefest of all blessings to have. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And the thought there is of the the blessednesses or the happinesses they're multiplied, they're, they're come on one on top of another. There's a multitude of blessings and happinesses that come to that individual who knows their sins forgiven. So this is indeed a great blessing to have. It is one that we all ought to seek. Surely every one of us would desire to have the chiefest of blessings. Well, the chiefest of blessings that you and I can enjoy and know and partake of in this world is that of for the forgiveness of sins. And that brings us to think then about these words. We believe in a God who is ready to forgive. The word of God reveals to us a God who is ready to forgive. It's not some figment of our imagination. It's not something that we would like to be the case. It's not something that we have somehow misunderstood or misinterpreted the scriptures when we say that there is a God who's ready to forgive. It can't be any clearer can't be any plainer than it is here in this particular psalm. Psalm 86 and these three words, ready 
to forgive. And David, as I say, is speaking about the Lord. Because we know that from the opening line. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. He puts the Lord's name into this particular statement. He's not a, he doesn't have anyone else in view. It is the Lord who is thinking about. It may well be that David is speaking from personal experience. And every child of God can certainly do that in a general way. We can speak from personal experience and say God is ready to forgive for he has forgiven us. But when you think about David and his life and those details that are recorded about his life in Scripture, then it may well be the case that David is particularly rejoicing in this truth, that his God is a God who's ready to forgive. Because there were pacific times in David's life when the Lord did come to him and sent his prophet to him and said, the Lord will put away your sin, David. There were times when he lapsed into sin and committed great sins. But while there was chastisement that he had to face and the consequences of what he had done yet, the Lord sent the message through the prophet to say, the Lord has put away your sin, David. So it may well be that David here is particularly speaking from personal experience. He's thinking about particular incidences in his own life. And he's able to declare this to all who read his words, all who would hear his word. There is a God who's ready to forgive. And my friend, this this evening, that's certainly a message that I trust the Lord will apply to each and every one of our hearts, particularly if you're under the sound of our voices and you know not Christ as Savior. And as yet you know not forgiveness from God. Then I want you to know this truth. I want the Lord to stamp it upon your heart, write it with a point of a diamond that you never forget it, that there is a God who is ready to forgive. A few simple thoughts I want to leave with you. First of all, I want you to consider that this is a great truth to rejoice in because there is a need of forgiveness. There is a need of forgiveness. This, this truth wouldn't matter if we didn't need forgiven. If there wasn't something that we needed forgiven, well, it wouldn't really matter then whether the Lord was a God who forgave or, or if he didn't. But it's not something that we can treat in this fashion because the Bible teaches very clearly that you and I are indeed in need of forgiveness. It's interesting to notice the opening line, the opening verse of this psalm, where David says, I am poor and needy. I am poor and needy. He says, bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Well, that, ex that describes each and every one of us by nature. We are poor. We're poor sinners. And we're needy sinners. We need God's forgiveness. If we're ever going to see heaven, if we're ever going to know the favor of God, then we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. We will be separated from God for all of eternity if our sins are not forgiven, if the penalty of those sins is not removed, if the pollution of them is not taken away, if the power of them is not broken in our lives, then we will be separated from God for all of eternity. It tells us that nothing that defileth shall ever enter into heaven. And therefore it is obvious that you and I need forgiveness. Oh, there may be times when we need forgiveness from others that we have wronged in this world, in this life. But my friend, what about the wrong that we have done before God? What about the breaking of his law? What about all of those sins that rack up and are stacked against our name 
in the records of God. He sees every sin. He takes note of sin. He said to Israel, you have added sin to sin. Which indicates that the Lord indeed does take note. And he was counting. If they did not see sin as it was and did not treat it as a serious matter, then certainly the Lord did. And the Lord said they had added sin to sin. Well, haven't we all done that? And tonight, that is true for every single individual who's listening and hearing my voice. We have added sin to sin. Our sins have added up before Almighty God. And therefore, we are in need of forgiveness. But there is this glorious truth in this verse of Scripture that there is a God who's ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive a He's ready to forgive a people who need forgiveness. He's ready to forgive sinners who have broken his law and come short of his glory. He's ready to forgive. And we certainly are those who are in need need of it. And if tonight you feel your need of it, then rest assured there's one who's willing to forgive. There's one who's ready to forgive. It would suggest that to us here in the second place that the Lord indeed is waiting to forgive. Not only do you and I need forgiveness, but that the Lord is waiting to dispense that. The psalmist tells us here that the Lord is indeed just that. It says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. The psalmist here is establishing some truths as to why the Lord is waiting to forgive. It would seem a marvelous thing to have so wronged the God of heaven and yet to be able to obtain his forgiveness, to be sinners in his sight, to bring down upon ourselves the wrath of God in the way that we have, and yet to be able to find forgiveness, that God would be willing to forgive his creatures who have so wronged him. That's a wondrous truth. And David here establishes some points as to why indeed it is the case. First of all, he says the Lord is good. The Lord is good. There are many attributes that the Lord has. And one of them is his goodness. It is an attribute that he particularly glories in. If you think about the word of God and that occasion in the life of Moses, when Moses sought to see the Lord's glory, And he prayed, he prayed that prayer, show me now thy glory. And in that chapter of Exodus, chapter 33, and verse 19, the Lord said he would indeed show Moses something of his glory. And the particular aspect of his glory that he would show to Moses is given to us there in verse 19 and says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Now if it was you or I, who were left to pick out and choose, well, what aspect of God's glory would we show to someone and tell somebody about in order to adequately describe our God and show him to be the glorious individual that he is? Would it be his, his goodness? Would that be the one that we would choose? That was the one that he was going to choose and to show to Moses. When Moses prayed this prayer, show me now thy glory, The Lord says, I will indeed show you something of it. I'll make all my goodness pass before you. Surely that would indicate to us then that goodness is indeed an attribute of God that he glories in particularly. And here we have David declaring this truth, For thou, Lord, art good. O God is good. Yes, God is holy. 
and he is just, and he will deal with sin. But my friend, he's also willing to forgive sin because he is good. He is full of goodness. And because he is full of goodness, then he is ready to forgive. And as I say, it is this... It is as if David is establishing this truth. It's such a remarkable thing that the Lord would be ready to forgive. Imagine that to be the case. Well, here's reason, David says, as to why this is so. The God of the Bible is the God of goodness. He's the God of goodness. But it also tells us there in verse 5 that he is a God plenteous in mercy. Here's another reason why he's ready to forgive. He's plenteous in mercy. He has great mercy. He has pity. He has compassion. As he looks upon a fallen world, he pities sinners in their misery and in their sinfulness. He has compassion. We know that to be the case because there are those times in the Gospels where it is referred to with regard to the Lord Jesus that he had compassion upon the people. There's those times that he sighed even that he sighed deeply when he saw the misery of sin and the affliction of sin in the various lives of the individuals that were before him. We know that he is touched with the misery of this fallen world. And as a result of that, he is a God plenteous in mercy. And because he is plenteous in mercy, he is able to forgive. You see, the thought there is that we do not deserve forgiveness, but there is mercy and there is goodness. If God was to deal with us as we deserved, then he would give us no forgiveness at all. He would treat us as he treated the angels that sinned. And there is no forgiveness for them. There's no forgiveness for them. But as he looks upon this world, as he views sinners in this world, yes, it is true, they do not deserve forgiveness, but he is willing to forgive. His goodness is so great. His mercy is so rich. He's willing to forgive. He's ready tonight to forgive that individual who feels their sinfulness, who understands themselves to be a sinner in the eyes of God. David assures us that there is indeed a God who's ready to forgive. Oh, my friend, he's waiting. He's waiting to forgive. Isn't that what is suggested in that term, ready? If you're ready to do something, You're just waiting to do for it. You have all the preparation that is required and you're ready there just waiting to do something if it's some task or other that has been allotted to you and you can say, well, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. But is that not the picture that is presented here to us by the Lord in his word? He's ready to forgive. He's waiting. He's waiting. I want you also to consider here that there is forgiveness And that our God is ready to forgive because he has made preparation to forgive. There's provision that he has made. You see, forgiveness, if it is going to be enjoyed, has to be real and has to be genuine. False forgiveness, half-hearted forgiveness is no good. No good at all. And forgiveness with God certainly has to be built upon a sustainable foundation. And when we think about the forgiveness that God would impart, then we have to say, well, it has to satisfy divine justice. That inscrutable justice of God. It has to satisfy divine justice. If it is going to be real and genuine, then there needs to be a forgiveness that will satisfy justice. Justice to God's justice 
must not cry out against us at a later time. There is no point in living with a false hope that somehow we are forgiven. There are individuals who live like that. They just think that God arbitrarily forgives. He forgives everybody in a general sense. And it doesn't matter what you do. God loves everybody and everybody will ultimately be taken home to heaven. It is not like that. Yes, God is ready to forgive, but let us remember that God has made provision that he might forgive. He has made provision so that divine justice does not cry out against an individual at a later day. You see, that's what's going to happen to those who have a false hope and who do not have true forgiveness, who live with little thought of God and of some idea, some foolish belief that somehow God will forgive everybody in the end. They're going to discover to their cost someday divine justice is going to cry out against them because on their part divine justice has never been satisfied and therefore the forgiveness that they think that they have is a sham and it will not do and what is the use of living your life thinking that you have forgiveness from God to discover on that day that we stand before him that we haven't got forgiveness at all and justice cries out against us and justice demands that we face the consequences of our sins for all of eternity to come we need, a, we need a forgiveness that is built upon a foundation that's going to stand. And that's what we can say about the Lord, that he has done just that. He's ready to forgive because he has made provision. He has made provision to forgive the sinner and to satisfy divine justice in the forgiveness of the sinner. We have those words in Romans chapter 3 and verse 26. It says that he might remain just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Oh, there is a way to have forgiveness while God remains true to himself, true to his justice. He has made provision that this might come about. He has sent his Son into the world. He sent him to the cross. The sacrifice that he offered on the cross was for a pacific purpose. It was to satisfy divine justice so that God might be ready to forgive. God cannot forgive otherwise. He will not forgive at the expense of his justice. He cannot forgive at the expense of his justice. He would cease to be God. And therefore, in order to forgive sinners, he had to make provision. And he sent his own dear son into this world. He gave him a body, a human body, in which he would suffer. And that human body was nailed to the cross that day outside Jerusalem, lifted up on that Roman gibbet, dropped into that socket. And there, the Son of God in human flesh hung in shame and ignominy in order to satisfy divine justice. That's why Christ was on the cross. And that's why tonight we can declare that God in heaven is ready to forgive, for he has made provision for guilty sinners to be forgiven. Remember what it tells us? In that parable, in Luke chapter 14, it begins at verse 16. It's the parable of the man who made the great supper. And it says that he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Come, for all things are now ready. My friend, we can say that tonight with regards to the gospel. We can say that tonight with regards to your need and my need of forgiveness of sins. Come, for all things are now ready. The Lord has made provision. 
He has sent his son. His son has died at the cross. The sacrifice has been made to satisfy divine justice. He's now ready to forgive. He will forgive you on the basis of that atoning work of his dear son. And that statement that you have there in the parable is verse 17. Come for all things are now ready. My friend I trust those words would re-echo in your mind and heart this very evening. And even longer than that, come, for all things are now ready. There is a God who's ready to forgive. He's made provision to forgive. Come, for it's all ready. It's been provided, it's been prepared. That brings us to the last point that I want you to consider in that. There is forgiveness when we call upon God to be forgiven. Listen to the words of this verse again. It says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy, unto all them that call upon thee. Now that's important at the end. All them that call upon thee. This is how forgiveness is obtained. Oh, this is a glorious truth in the word of God, that there is forgiveness, that the Lord has provided this for us and made the provision. But if you and I are ever going to benefit from it then we must call we must call those who receive the invitation have to respond and there goes out that gospel invitation this evening come for all things are now ready and how are you going to respond are you going to come are you going to call you can't have forgiveness unless you call you must call you see there's there's some very needful truths that are illustrated in that thought about calling you see in calling you acknowledge you need forgiveness that's important you and i have to acknowledge that we need forgiveness we have to acknowledge that we are sinners that we are barred from heaven otherwise that we will never enter into that place unless we have forgiveness forgiveness we have to acknowledge that there has to be a taking of the sinner's place there's no dressing up this matter to make it nice and presentable and easy to be received. It's not an easy truth to receive, but it's a needful truth to receive that we are sinners and that we need forgiveness. And in that act of calling upon God to forgive us, we are acknowledging to the Lord, I need forgiveness. I am a sinner. And if I am not forgiven, I will perish forever. But also in calling, we are acknowledging our desire to be forgiven. We acknowledge our desire to be forgiven. There is a need to desire it, to desire that which God has provided for. Oh, there's sometimes people, they, they want a forgiveness that salves their conscience, but they want to go on doing the thing that is causing offense. That happens sometimes in life, and it certainly happens with the Lord. There's people who want their conscience salved, but they want to go on with their sin. They want to go on with their sin. You can't have and I can't have sin and God's salvation and God's forgiveness. And in desiring forgiveness, we must realize the wicked thing that it is. The thing that we need to repent of and turn away from. That's necessary if we are to have forgiveness. There has to be repentance. Paul tells us that he preached faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ and repentance toward God. There is need of repentance and surely desiring forgiveness will bring us to that place where we acknowledge there's sin to be repented of. We must direct our call to none other than to the Lord Jesus. 
Do you notice what it says here in, in that psalm? That the Lord is plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. We must call upon the Lord for forgiveness. He is the one who gives forgiveness. Therefore, we must come to him and direct our call to him. And may you call even this evening. Oh, direct your call to the Lord himself. It's his forgiveness that you need more than anything else. I finish off with this thought. Remember what is said with regard to the healing of the sick of the palsy in the Gospels. It's one of the miracles that the Lord Jesus performed. He said to that man, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Now he could have said, and later on he did say, Take up thy bed and walk, and he gave him physical healing. But the first thing that he said to that man was, Thy sins be forgiven thee, which indicates to us that forgiveness of sins is the most important thing in, in life. I started off saying that. It's one of the greatest blessings to have, the chiefest of all blessings. It's more important even than your physical well-being. It's more important than your physical well-being. That's why the Lord said to that man sick of the palsy, There he is. He was lying on that bed, a helpless cripple. He couldn't get up and walk at all. And the Lord said to him, Thy sins be forgiven thee. That's the first thing the Lord dealt with, was his need of forgiveness. That was his primary need. Oh yes, he had a secondary need. And that was the healing from the palsy. And the Lord granted him that as well. But it underscores the point that this is our primary need. But then the Lord Jesus went on to say something else as to why he uttered those words in the order that he did. It tells you there in that portion of Scripture that the Lord Jesus said that all may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. That's why, that's another reason why he said what he did. Thy sins be forgiven thee. He wanted the people of that day, the people who were standing around on that occasion to know that he had the power to forgive sins. And tonight there's one who has got power to forgive sins. But you, you need to call upon him tonight, unconverted one, unsaved one. You who are in need of forgiveness, you need to call. And my friend, if you never call, you'll perish. If you never call, if you never come to that place where you call upon the Lord for yourself, then you'll perish forever in a lost eternity. I trust tonight you'll call that you might know there's one who can forgive your sins and that you would call upon that individual. May the Lord bless his word tonight and may we rejoice in that truth. The Lord is ready to forgive.